Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership insight and advice. Welcome to She Leads Podcast, Season 5, Episode 15. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, a mother, businesswoman, and leader. Our guest for today is Tanya Thomas. Tanya Thomas is the founder and CEO of Team Delegate LLC, a virtual assistant staffing company. She began her career in the virtual assistant industry in 2001 when she started the small office assistant. While running her company as a solo entrepreneur, Tanya worked with many entrepreneurs from various industries, supporting them with travel, calendar management, email management, client care, and much more. In an effort to scale and grow her company, Tanya rebranded her business in 2015 and Team Delegate was born. Tanya has become a leader in the virtual assistant industry, having been featured in Black Enterprise Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine, and Inc. Magazine. She frequently writes about virtual assistants, delegating, and productivity. Tanya currently resides in the Dallas, Texas area with her husband and two sons. Without further ado, Leadership Empowerment with Tanya Thomas. Okay, so Tanya, welcome to She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your insight today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So Tanya, I read your bio and I want to say kudos to you for your longevity in the virtual administrative industry and for having the courage to start your own organization in this field. I believe virtual assistants are the backbone of the organization. So this is definitely a needed venture. Thank you. Yeah. When I first started, it seems like many, many, well, I guess it was many years ago because next month is, is 18 years. So yeah. Wow. Yes. Good job. Okay. So are you ready to talk about leadership? Sure. All right. So I myself feel that every person is a leader in one shape or form, whether they realize it or not. Would you agree, Tanya? I do. And can you tell us why you feel this way? I feel this way because in in all actuality, for me myself, when you said whether you realize it or not, that was a a good statement because a lot of times we don't realize it. And I was actually one of those people. And it took me, I was reading a book and the author was talking about how business owners are leaders, but how oftentimes they don't see themselves in this role but not seeing yourself in this role can actually be a pitfall to the growth of your company. And that really, you know, gave me pause for thought because I didn't really see myself in a leadership role as the owner of my company. And, you know, so she went on to say that, you know, even if you're a solo entrepreneur or a team of one, you're still in a leadership role. And that was very impactful for me and made me see myself in a different light and begin to make, you know, and implement changes in how I ran my company. Okay, thank you for that. So I think that may have, you may have answered two with one, but I'll ask it anyway. So when did you realize you were a leader and what or who helped you to come to this realization? Of course, reading that book and 
that helped me come to the realization of that. And I don't know why I really didn't see myself as being a leader, but that is true. You're leading a company. So you would think that you would think in that realm, but it just never dawned on me. And I've had, you know, people on my team in the past, even before the capacity that I now run the company, but still, you know, didn't see myself in a leadership role. But looking back, I see that I, that I was and that I did have an impact on that person or those people that were on my team at the time. Okay, thanks for that. Yes, I do. I feel that's amazing, right? That you, you know, led yourself to become an entrepreneur, but yet still didn't make that correlation. And you're not alone in that. A lot of people shy away from the title leader, not realizing that, you know, the title is the title, but it's more your characteristics. Like people are living these characteristics day in and day out, but yet it's something about that title that people shy away from. So hopefully we can bridge that gap. Right. Yes. Okay. So in my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a better leader with the intention of helping others do the same. Tanya, can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why? My code of leadership would be to lead the way that you would want to be led. Mm. And I say that because I was raised to treat people the way that I would like to be treated. But you have to walk a fine line with this because when you're in a leadership role, you can't also let people take your kindness for weakness. So when you're, you're dealing with your team, you're interacting with your team. For me, for example, I like to you know, ask how they're doing, how their families are doing. We even share laughs. But I make it clear that when it comes to our work and how we serve as clients, that we mean business. And I go as far as to even verbalize this. And I think, you know, that's important. But yeah, just definitely leading in a way that I would want to be led. Okay, thank you for that. I do agree we have to, you know, take... I guess the humanistic, you know, like humanistic values and understand people in general. Right? right. I like what you said, but I'll even take that a step further where it's like not only do we need to lead people the way we want to be led, but also lead them the way they want to be led. Right. Right. Because like, what if they they're different? Like some people like I'm a person that likes public praise, but then you have people that are shy that don't like public praise. You know, so if I was to praise them publicly, they may hate my guts, you know, whereby I'm doing what I would want someone to do to me, you know? So, and I do like what you said though, with that fine line of being friendly, but not being overly friendly to the point where people lose respect for you and they don't take you seriously as a leader. I will say hands down that I found that to be one of the hurdles that you do experience as a leader, especially when you start off like at the same level as people, let's say, you mm-hmm. know, and then you get elevated or, you know, people are your friends and then you have to tell them things for whatever reason. I don't know what it is, but it's you gave the best advice, like don't get too friendly because once you pass a certain line, people just feel like they can kind of get over, so to say, or, you know, don't have to follow the rules or the standards as everyone else. So that is definitely a fine line. Exactly. Okay. Thanks for that. 
All right. So I believe all leaders experience failure. I myself, I don't like to consider them failures. I like to consider them lessons, take more of an optimistic view. But Tanya, can you share your view on failure and what it means to you? For me, failure means for me, every time that I have something that doesn't work out for me, whether that be big or simple as like a sales call that doesn't end in the outcome that I would like for it to, I look for the lesson. Mm-hmm. You know, what could I have done better? What could I have done differently? And I can always come up with something and I try and use that to help me for the next time. So even though I'm disappointed and that, you know, something didn't work out for me the way that it, I would have liked for it to, I'm always trying to look on the bright side and learn from it because I know that that's going to help me become a better person and better at what I'm trying to accomplish. Okay. Thank you for that. I love that. And if I could just pull one thing out, it's like you said, in a nutshell, look at the bright side, right? Because there, there is always a bright side to every situation. If we take enough time to dig in, to figure it out, even if it's, you know, the, just the advice to, oh, I won't try that again. I mean, that's the bright side, (laughs) you know, to know what not to do is a benefit, you know, as opposed to keep running in the same circle or how do they say like a hamster and a hamster wheel keep just keep going you know the bright side in it is knowing what not to do if that's the only one you can find so I do agree with you and thank you for sharing that okay so Tanya can you share one time you failed as a leader and tell us what you learned from that experience to help you become a better leader Yes. And every time I think about it, you know, sometimes you don't like to think about those things, but it did help shape and mold me to, you know, where I am as a leader today. But I'll just share this story. I, of course, have been running the business for quite some time and I didn't have the model that I have today, but I did have people who would help me periodically, you know, from time to time when I needed it. And this one particular time I had brought on a couple of clients, but I didn't have the capacity to service them myself. So I thought I'd bring on a a couple of ladies to help me. And these ladies had worked with me before in the past. So I knew their work. I knew they did good work and I brought them on and, you know, they were working with the clients But I checked in with the clients and found out that they had dropped the ball on some things. And I had not done what I needed to do with the team because I felt like I trusted them. But I should have had more things in place to follow up with them and lead them the way that I should have. And I failed to do that. Bottom line is I ended up losing those clients. So that was a very hard lesson to learn. But again, it helped me with the policies that I have in place and how I lead my team now. That really helped shape me in doing what I do today. 
Okay, thank you for sharing that. I do appreciate your transparency there. And I will say that uh, you said the key point when I was listening to you, I'm saying in my head standards and procedures, right? And you said policies, right? Yes, like, I feel like as as blossoming, I'll call it entrepreneurs, right? A lot of times this may be overlooked, the importance of standards and procedures and, and the way things should operate and sticking and adhering to that. Like you said, this was someone you knew, you knew their work, you trusted them, but yet you need these policies, you need these contracts. It's, it's important to have those checks and balances so that we can stay on top of our business and ensure that we are showing up in excellence. So that's a great point. Like I said, I appreciate your transparency and hopefully, you know, your lesson can be a lesson for someone else to not have to experience that and they can go out and put in those processes and procedures and standards so that they don't have to experience that themselves. Right. Okay. All right. So Tanya, do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem and why? I think that it's harder to be a female leader in the ecosystem today. It's still a male-dominated world, and I think that you don't see as many women in leadership as men. It's better, but we're still not quite there. My husband actually has a female boss, but, you know, sometimes, you know, even on television, on popular shows, sometimes if there's a panel, you will see more men sometimes than women. You know, we may have one or two representatives, whereas there may be five men. So you just still see a a parity there between the two. So I definitely think that it's still harder as a female to be a leader in the entrepreneurial world. Okay, thank you for that. And I do agree with you that the representation is not equal. I agree with what you said as far as we can vividly see that it's starting to change. You know, more women are coming around. You can see even with sports and, you know, I even see in the corporation that I work with all the different female leaders that are coming about. And it's a great site. But like you said, again, it's still it's not the 50 50. And hopefully we do get there one day to be able to see that. Definitely. Okay, so productivity is a hot topic right now, as it should be. Mm -hmm. Many people want to know how to do more with less and be efficient. As a successful leader, this is a must. Tanya, do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? Yes. One thing that works for me is to time block. My system involves, I use a, a tool called Wonderlist. And I have a master to-do list. And from that master to-do list, I'll pick things out of there, prioritize them that I think that I can get done within the day. And then I'm, that goes to today's to-do list. And then from that to-do list, I'll block out time for each of those items on my calendar and follow that sequence on the calendar. That helps me tremendously. I find if I don't do that, I'm not as productive during the day. So that time blocking definitely helps me get more more done. Okay, thank you for that. Yes, time blocking is something that we've heard several times on the podcast. And I do agree that it helps you to 
you know, start and finish, right? Because I'm I'm a person that's guilty of starting and not finishing, you know? So when you put those time blocks, when you put that time block around, you know, it's like no excuse unless you just don't want to finish, right? So thank you for that. Okay. All right. So Tanya, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership and tell us about the outcome or the takeaway that you learned? Yes. And in thinking, you know, thinking about this particular question, I have a story around that. I had a client that I began working with, I think back in 2005. And I worked with him for 12 years. He was an executive who retired early from corporate and started his own private equity firm. And I was his virtual assistant. Even as his company grew and he brought on employees, he continued to have me as his his VA. So he would call, you know, a couple of times a day. At first, I thought that was a little excessive. (laughs) But over time, you know, I, I came to look forward to his calls because, you know, we would talk, you know, not his schedule, what needed to be done. But then he also came, became like a mentor to me. Mm. And he was a really good leader. So me watching him and the things that he taught me had a, a big impact on me and how I lead today. It's the same principles that I use with my clients and my team. So, you know, everything that he did over those 12 years and he would, you know, sometimes, you know, ask, you know, how's your business doing? You know, he would, he cared that way. And if I had, you know, an issue or a problem, I could talk to him about it. And so just the way that he led me in caring about my needs and wanting me to be successful too, is the same way that I deal with my team and try and lead them. And so his legacy had a big impact on me. And I say legacy because unfortunately that's the only thing that, you know, stopped our working relationship is the fact that he passed away a couple of years ago. But yeah, he had a a huge impact on how I lead. And so I felt like he was a big blessing to me and my leadership role. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. And sorry to hear that. I heard you talking about him. I heard you saying past tense and I'm like, he must not be, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that. And I love that how a client turned into a mentor, right? Cause in essence, right. you know, even though you're a VA, which you're serving him, that still is your client. Right. And then he, you know, was a mentor for you. So I do agree that that is a blessing, how you both could help each other and all of the great lessons that you were able to learn from him while he was here. So thanks for sharing. Okay. So Tanya, can you offer our listeners the best advice you have as a leader or have ever received from a leader and tell us how you've implemented it into your life? It goes back to the story that I shared about the failure with a couple of ladies that I had on the the team. So my best advice as a leader is to have structure in place. You know, Mm -hmm. your team is looking to you to lead them. So have policies in place of, of when and how things are to be done. That's paramount. But then also explain the why. It can paint the overall picture of where you're going trying to go as a team, and that can be very impactful to your team and on you as a leader. 
because if they know the why, they feel like you know you're you're sharing with them, making them feel included in where you're trying to go with your goals, and that they're included in it, and that helps them to want to you know help you get there. So I think that's my best advice to anyone who's in a leadership role is to have that structure in place to lead your team and share with them the when, the how, and the why. Okay. Thank you for that. And I do agree. And that's some of the best advice you can receive as a leader to be a better leader, right? It is buy-in. Like people are important. People are individuals and they want to feel autonomous, right? So when you give them that why, even though, you know, let's just say it's really none of their concerns, so to say, you know, it may not be any of their concern or within their power to change, but just by them having that information or knowing, like you said, they feel important, they feel a part of the team, and then you'll be surprised how much more willing people are to work for you when they understand where you're going, when they understand your values, and they they align it with the reason why they're there. So taking that extra step to make people feel like they're a part of the team as opposed to just working on a project or, you know, working in an organization it is the, it changes the atmosphere. It really changes the atmosphere. So that's some great, great advice for people that want to be not only a leader, but a successful leader. So thanks for sharing that. Okay. So you made it to the finish line. How do you feel? It feels great. I've enjoyed talking with you. Okay. Yes. I enjoyed talking with you as well. So Tanya, I want to thank you again for being our guest on She Leads podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information or mention any events, products, services, and or ventures that they would benefit from knowing about? Yes. If you'd like to learn more about me, of course, you can visit my website, teamdelegate.com. And I'm also very active on LinkedIn, just as Tanya Thomas. And if you would like, if you visit my website, there's also a, a download there that is shares with you. If you're interested in virtual assistance, how to get the most impact out of working with a VA. Okay. Thank you, Tanya. We appreciate your insight today. Thank you, Nicole, for having me. You're welcome. I really enjoyed this interview with Tanya, and I hope you did as well. I agree with Tanya's viewpoint on the importance of having structure in place for our businesses to avoid issues, create consistency, and foster growth. As Tanya mentioned, knowing the when, how, and why is pivotal to smooth operations. Organizational structure helps to boost employee creativity and performance, expand operations, improve decision-making, increase sales, and streamline operations. Structure counteracts confusion, and confusion can prolong or misdirect the attainment of goals. To be effective, structure is a must. A quote by James Cash Penny reads, no business can succeed in any great degree without being properly organized. 
I admire Tanya's longevity as an entrepreneur. Closing in on 20 years of working for yourself is definitely a great achievement. I believe Tanya's willingness to improve processes, personable nature, and business acumen all have a direct correlation to her many years as an entrepreneur. Tanya is also very fortunate to have had a manager that also served as a mentor. I'm sure this also plays a part in her continued entrepreneurial success. A quote by Megan Hilty reads, I look at people's careers who I want to emulate, like Audra McDonald, Kristen Chenoweth, Bernadette Peters. They've all found the key to longevity in this business, and that is diversifying, doing as many things as possible to keep yourself relevant. And so hopefully, I'm on the same track as all these amazing women. I can relate to Tanya's experience of not realizing she was a leader, although she held a distinguished leadership role, as I experienced the same. Tanya did not see her running her business as leadership, and I didn't see managing myself as leadership. Tanya's realization of her role helps her make changes to lead her company better. My realization of my role helps me make changes to lead my life better. As with Tanya, once I realized my role as a leader, I also reflected back to times where I displayed my leadership yet didn't realize. A quote by Steve Jobs reads, innovation distinguishes between a leader and a follower. Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week. Tanya mentioned the importance of checks and balances within our business operations to assist in avoiding issues and pitfalls. Tanya shared a story with us about a business venture she entered into with a known and respected agency, which ended up hurting her business while also teaching her a valuable lesson. During this experience, Tanya operated in a laissez-faire way, and as a result of this, she lost a big business client. I will make it my business to continue to add the structure needed for my business operations as I aim to grow and scale. I know that structure is necessary for longevity, so I will make it my business to implement and update my organizational structure as needed. A quote by Christina Scalise reads, organization is not about perfection. It's about efficiency, reducing stress and clutter saving time and money, and improving your overall quality of life. And now we have Nicole Walker's Leadership Challenge of the Week. My leadership challenge for you would be to think about the one thing you can take away from this episode and adopt into your life. I know it's hard to absorb too much information at one time, and it's even harder to try and implement too many changes at once. When I attend a training or listen to podcasts, I am to walk away with at least one thing that stuck out to me and one way that I can change as a result. I challenge you to do the same. Don't forget to subscribe to She Leads Podcast for first access to future episodes. And also like and share this episode of She Leads Podcast entitled Organize Your Operations with Tanya Thomas. Thanks. And until next time, be empowered and empower on.